Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. Tonight we are recapping the week's nerdy news from Bell Reeve Prison to Asteroid M and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know this week. There's there's uh, a dearth of things that have been concrete this week. But one thing that was concrete is that we're going to be getting a lot more news very soon. Yes, we're going to be back up and running um, pretty soon. More on that in a moment. Um, just want to say that, uh, yes, we do have a, str- a pretty, pretty tremendous update about the strike. We're talking about some... Uh, dcu james gunn uh talking about the future of the dcu a little bit we got some marvel news i feel like we haven't had marvel news in a while and this isn't really it's not huge news but it's 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 a it's big so marvel, i don't know we haven't heard anything speculative in a while. marvel yeah yeah, yeah 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 a couple small uh star wars things some comics news some comics reviews um but got to start it off with a little bit of business this uh podcast is as always sponsored by funky town comics in camillus new york sorry funky town comics and vinyl i mm-hmm. often don't say and vinyl they have an excellent vinyl section there as well and a lot of toys. people out there and tons of toys um they probably were like we probably shouldn't call ourselves funky town comics and vinyl and toys that's like too many mm-hmm. right yeah too many things. A lot of ands. but they have all those things they have all those things and more mm-hmm. um this was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yep. Tuesday night, October 3rd. They're doing a midnight release of the new Transformers number one. I'm holding an advanced copy here in my hand. I'm going to give an in-depth review of it for you later in this very show. Transformers number one by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Uh, it's a brand new kickoff to a brand new series, a brand new canon for the comics of Transformers. Uh, spoiler alert for my review later it's great this is a great book and um i think funky town is right to have chosen this book to do a midnight release for it's very cool we know there's a lot of rabid transformers fans out there so if you are excited about uh the debut comic uh you can go to a midnight release at funky town comics and camillus it's going to start at nine o'clock and go until midnight um and uh, you can get an advanced uh, copy of Transformers number one. They yeah. have a lot of different variant covers. Uh, they were kind of had them on display this week leading up to a uh, big night, October 3rd. Check it out. If you're a Transformers fan, you want the new comic that, again, is good. More on that later. So would you say um, it's more than meets the eye? Yes, I would say that they're robots in disguise okay. and they are more than meets the eye. Fair enough. For sure. For sure. You know, I, I did hear also that that Tuesday may be a really, really big night. Yes. Yeah. Uh, big night for us because I do plan on going to the uh, midnight release of uh, Transformers at Funky Town Comics. However, before that, Steve, you and I are going to be together sitting in a room with two of our buddies watching the season finale of the Star Wars Ahsoka show. Mm-hmm. Ashoka. I guess we could have been calling it Ashoka oh, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, if we were going for the portmanteaus, um, we were at the beginning. That would have been a yeah. slam dunk. Or Ahsoka Shoka, something like that we could have done. Too late. Um, and uh, as soon as we're done watching that episode, we're going to do a live reaction to it with the two of us and uh, our two friends, friend of the show, Matt Peseda, who was on uh, last week's episode because I couldn't make it, the, re- uh, the reaction to episode seven. 
um, and our uh, uh, close friend Adam Karki, who's a big uh, Star Wars fan as well. Uh, they'll be joining us for our immediate reaction and review of the finale of Ahsoka. So check that out. Um, and you can watch it live on YouTube or you can listen to it uh, later in your podcast feed. If you're going to watch it live, just like me, when uh, you're done watching it, you can head on over to Funky Town Comics and grab yourself a copy of Transformers number one for their midnight release. Absolutely. So uh, you're right, Steve. It is going to be a big night, um, at least in our little uh, realm of nerdery. Mm-hmm. Big night for us. Hi, for sure. Hi, yeah. High, uh, high action in the Camilla's nerdery scene on Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Shout out to um, Adam and Matt for joining us um, on Tuesday night. Um, shout out to Matt for covering for me on last week's Ahsoka review. And shout out to Steve. I feel like I'm mute most of the time. I'm the social media guy, but uh, our social media has been very Steve heavy this past week. <laughs> A couple unboxing videos with you. Um, well, I had plus to do you something were... when I got the that in uh, for anyone not oh, watching yeah, the video. The uh, my Savvy's lightsaber showed up uh, from shipping it home from Disney. Yeah, and I couldn't do anything but say, you know what? Let's videotape this because people need to see what. I mean, I, props to Disney; they really packed that thing in there pretty good. Oh, good. Yeah, I probably should have done that when I got mine. I was just too excited to even think about <laughs> anything else, like setting up a camera. Like, congrats to you for having more, uh, uh, you know, the wherewithal to think I should probably film this <laughs> and get something out of it. But nope, not me. I just tore it open, and started playing with it. Yeah. And then also so, uh, did uh, did an unboxing down at Funky Town um, for some of the comics I had sent in to get graded. Um, that's right cbcs uh had sent the box back a couple weeks ago and jesse was like yeah you should uh you should come down and uh we'll we'll take a look at it all together so we uh we did that and you can check them out on our instagram and i believe both of them are up on our, on our youtube as well so yeah yep, check that's them right out. that's right check them out anywhere um also real quick before we dive in it is officially october 1st officially spooky season happy spooky season to one and all that may be listening um the spooky season novices usually start October 1st. I've been celebrating since early September. But anyway, um, everybody's welcome. Welcome to spooky season here on the oh, Multiverse Report. My six-year-old officially wants to turn our house into a... Uh, um, he's like, can we turn it into the Haunted Mansion? I was like, <laughs> I I have many, many years uh, <laughs> behind the curve. We'll just go over to your buddy's house and uh, see Yeah, see come over house. to my house when it's closer to the... Uh, the party day end of october my wife and i throw a huge halloween party every year and i decorate my house like an insane person um so it always looks really good (laughs) well thank you very much steve i appreciate that already i've been planning this way this year's for months i was gonna say that that had to have been it's it's been in the bag for a while though (laughs) yeah i got a lot of work to do i'll say i got a lot of work to do uh speaking of work I know there's a bunch of people that are back at it as of last Wednesday because the Writers Guild of America strike has ended. Um, We reported last week they were in the midst of new negotiations and we were going to hear how those negotiations went. Apparently, very positively, um, not only is the strike over and negotiations ended, the writers got pretty much everything that they wanted. Um, As far as I'm concerned, every report that I read didn't. You know, there was no point of like, well, but they didn't get this or well, that this is what they really. But every every demand seemed to have been met by these studios, despite the studios starting this whole thing off by saying, 
these demands are unreasonable and insane. We could never accommodate like, oh, never. OK, how about just like 148 days later? You right. can accommodate. Yeah. Seems like it was pretty simple for you after you started to hemorrhage money. Um, so specifically, what did they get? They got guaranteed minimum amount of writers hired on every show. Something they were pushing for. Um, comedy and variety writers are getting paid the same for streaming as they are for TV. Apparently, that was a, um, a difference. I think uh, they're getting yeah, bet- that was. I think that was one of the reasons why you started seeing a bunch of like comedy shows pop up on Netflix and whatnot, as opposed sure. to the HBO domain that they used to be in, was that they could get produced a lot cheaper for the streaming platforms. Right. That makes sense. Makes sense. Um, they're getting better pay. They're getting better pensions. They're getting better health care for all writing teams. Uh, for the first time ever, there's going to be script fees for staff writers, like specific scripting fees instead of like a general you're being paid to work on this show. But like if you're getting this episode, you're getting an additional uh, bump of money, I believe. Um, big one, protections against AI. AI, artificial intelligence, cannot be used to write scripts, edit scripts, or undermine uh, the writer's rights and uh, or the credits of writers. I think I read somewhere that like <laughs> – some like a writer can decide to use AI to write a script if they want. I don't know why they would want to do that, but um, it's a possibility, but it's not mandatory. So I think the studios were really hoping that they could save a ton of money, like, you know, evil people and just pay machines to do the jobs of human beings. Um, but uh, that's impossible. Can't do that now. And um, another, the probably possibly the biggest one uh, besides the AI or right up there with the AI, at least the success based residuals for the first time in the history of streaming the more times a show or movie is streamed on a streaming service or watched on a streaming service the writer that created it will make more money mm. um that seems like a you know an obvious thing that should have been happening the whole time uh but no uh it is now though and it's never happened before so uh congratulations to the wga and all the writers that now um have had their demands met uh and again, shame on the studios for saying these things are impossible and then just doing them anyway, uh, you know, uh, a couple months later. Um, other big news, SAG-AFTRA is uh, sitting down at negotiation table uh, again this week with the AMPTP. So we will see if they are able to get a similar deal. Something tells me that the fact that they ended the WGA strike and yeah, found a negotiating date with SAG-AFTRA, like, so soon after is like, okay, we're just going to get this done. We're going to give them what they want. Right. We are billionaires. We can't afford it. They are right. Let's just do it so we can start um, yeah. making some money again. And I think yeah. we talked about that earlier where it was kind of kind of for, for, foretold that as soon as like WGA or whoever came to an agreement first, the dominoes were going to start falling because the – there's no way the yeah. studios are going to want, hey, we can get them writing scripts again, but nobody can act on them. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well like give it a go. And if they acquiesce to what the writers wanted, it's going to be a no brainer to that. They're going to, you know, at least give a yep. a solid offer to or come to the table with um, the the actors because yeah. they need to keep producing things. Yeah. My guess is that it'll just be. Uh, it'll just be quick. Yeah. You know, they'll just, you know. Yeah, whether uh, it's this round what they or want like to be done. something else coming up in another couple weeks or whatever, like it's going to yeah. gonna get happening. Yeah, I did hear that um, a lot of the studios are uh, forming some kind of, uh, I don't remember what the term for it was, like a lobbying group oh, um, yeah. 
to yeah to be able to like talk about to, to uh what's the word i'm looking for like advocate for like um their rights or whatever with in like with laws like with like politicians basically they're they it seems like they're just gonna like lobby and probably buy off politicians to be able to continue to be you know notoriously right skeevy you know (laughs) behind the scenes standard lobbying behavior yeah yeah Yeah, standard (laughs) lobbying behavior yeah but yeah that that's gonna be that's gonna be its own animal but at least we'll we'll yeah. be able to get uh, a lot of people that have been out of work for a while back to work and yes doing uh doing things to to make all of us happy yes for sure for sure the and of all our entertainment is coming back and they got what they wanted yeah. so i think we should all be happy for them i agree i agree congratulations to the wga uh hoping the best for sag aftra hoping to hear some news about that um next week yeah. by next week when we do the show we'll see God, what do we do when we um, have Strike Watch to lead this off? That's like when we ended Flash Watch. We're just like, what? Do, where, how do? How do we start this? I think we just start talking about news, right? It's just a thing we do. We, I don't. I do don't that. remember <laughs> what we did before Strike Watch and Flash Watch because Strike Watch and Flash Watch overlapped. Right. So when Flash Watch was over, we already had Strike Watch to talk about, and now we don't. We don't have a watch. What watch? We need a watch. Right. I feel we like something. We need something to watch. Yeah, we're now. Uh, we're now in the dark times before the Empire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, bright times for news as um, already, I think these first two stories we're going to talk about a DC story and Marvel story came out because the writer strike mm-hmm. had ended and people could start talking about stuff. Uh, one of those people being James Gunn. Yeah. Almost um, like we exactly said, hey, as soon as this is a uh, sign of the dotted line, he's going to spout off stuff. We're going to start hearing stuff. Yeah, because he hadn't been responding to fans because he couldn't. There's nothing really he could say. And a lot of people were throwing shade at James Gunn for being quiet about like he didn't come out and like endorse the writer's strike or the actor. You know, he didn't side with the writers inside with the actors. Mm-hmm. But and of course, he is a he is in the writer's guild. There's no way that he didn't side like right. side with the right. Like there's no way that's there's no way that he didn't. He's in he's a member of that guild. But also with his new position at, at Warner Brothers. He's an executive at the same time, and I, I think he's forbidden to right. uh, speak on behalf of that because he's an executive just out of the gate. So it's not that I'm pretty sure if he wasn't an executive at Warner Brothers, he would have been talking about it. And uh, I can't imagine him not being fully on the side of uh, the unions in this case. Yeah. But anyway, now that it's over or the writer's uh, strike is over, he can start uh, responding to fan questions again like he so much likes to do. Um, This was a response to a fan on Threads, social media platform that I am not a part of, and the other is the Multiverse Report. Is that the new Uh, Facebook-y one? That's the The uh, Instagram. Yeah, well, I guess Instagram and Facebook are owned by the same thing, so it's the Instagram's version of Twitter. Yes, yeah. Stupid name. Um... So uh, this fan was tweeting, uh, threading. I guess I don't, I don't know what you call sewing a post on threads. Sewing, yeah. This fan, this fan was sewing at James Gunn, um, and said that he was confused about the, like the canon and the continuity of the DCU moving forward. I don't know how many times James Gunn can say it starts with Creature Commandos and then really takes off with Superman Legacy. He said that a million times. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how people can be confused really of when it starts. Like that's when it starts. Um, I guess people are wondering about because he did say that like uh, uh, Zola Maraduena is moving forward as Blue Beetle, so that yeah 
is up in the air as far as like, well, then is, is Blue Beetle in canon? Blue Beetle, con- Beetle continuity? Like, what's going on? So fan was asking about it, and Gunn responded by saying, nothing is canon until Creature Commandos next year, a sort of aperitif to the DCU. And then a deeper dive into the universe with Superman Legacy. After that, it's very human to it's a very human drive to want to understand everything all the time. But I think it's okay to be confused on what's happening in the DCU since no one has seen anything from the DCU yet. Went on to say, and yes, some actors will be playing characters they've played in other stories, and some plot points might be consistent with plot points from the dozens of films, shows, and animated projects that have come from DC in the past. But nothing is canon until Creature Commandos and Legacy. More on that in a second. They couldn't and just then, come out and say, hey, we're going to Disney this and like start calling everything else Legends? Right. Well, he's kind of murky on that. He doesn't specifically say. And that's where I think... Well, that's that's yeah. the thing is, yeah, I guess um, that's that's half the thing of what Disney did was like, everything is now back behind. Like anything that happened before the Disney acquisition is now Legends. And they're bringing stuff in and they're using some of the threads from the past yeah. and some of the plot points. But now nothing's canon until they remake it canon. And it until seems like they that's the same kind of thing that uh, Gunn's doing with this. I kind of agree. I think that uh, confused DC fans would do well to look at Lucasfilm and Star Wars with that exact example that you just gave. Um, if they're having trouble figuring Figuring out what to do. I do think that what he just said is a little confusing, though. Yeah. Um, but I'll go back on the side because I want to finish up that he said. Then, like, he responded to a fan. A fan then, in within this thread, a fan asked about the status of Blue Beetle specifically because he had said that the character is the first DCU character because he's going to be moving on. So it, it has gotten a little confusing. And Gunna said, Zolomar Duena will continue playing Blue Beetle in the DCU as Viola Davis will Amanda Waller and John Cena will Peacemaker. So this is the first time, besides, he's mentioned Zolomar Duena a number yeah. of times as being continuing on. And we have all always assumed that it would be Viola Davis because they've announced the Waller show, and we've right. assumed that it would be John Cena because they've announced Peacemaker Season 2, and he said that Peacemaker Season 2 is still happening. So, but this is the first time he has said, these three people are moving on. These three people for sure are going on. He doesn't say that these are the only people moving on, Right, it's just confirmation that at least these three are. That at least these three, because he certainly, I mean, the biggest thing here is kind of like, everyone's jumping that he mentioned these three. Yep. But then, you're okay, well, he didn't say Gal Gadot, didn't say, you know, Margot Robbie, he didn't say Jason Momoa. Right. Um, where, where there's been rumors around all three of those, yay or nay. Coming and going, yeah, I know, yeah. Um. So that's, I think that's interesting. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. I think we'll get more. I'm clear. Well, obviously, we're going to get more as things move on or things progress. Like, we don't know what, we don't know what half of his plans are right. <laughs> yet. So we're well, going to get more information and things will begin to solidify. I think DC fans are just feeling impatient because there's going to be this, there has been and will be this long gap between him announcing what he's doing, one, him getting the job, two, him announcing half of chapter one. And then it's still going to be at least two years, probably more now because of the strikes before we even get Superman legacy. Right. We'll get creature commandos in the meantime, but like how much is that really going to tell us? Cause it's an eight episode animated series. Yeah. Um, no, 
two things on that. You have uh, playing on what we were talking about earlier, um, using some, not using some, whatever. Uh, the announcements that Chola Marduena, uh, Viola Davis, and John Cena will continue track with what Brian uh, Rollins said in the chat. Uh, they just need to come out and say, if it sucks, it's not canon. If it's good, it's canon. <laughs> so that effectively, like, I mean, that 100% uh, tracks with uh, those three being recast or as continued yeah. casting. Um, yes. And some of the ones we haven't heard about that uh, <laughs> that uh, yeah. have not been announced. And, yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is he needs, uh, Gunn is going to continue and continue and continue to answer these questions for almost one reason and one reason alone that there's still Aquaman coming out and people are still confused yes. as to what's happening and when and all this. And when I think this coming out, it really is throwing a wrench in a lot of what he's trying to set up. I think I agree. I think we're probably, I think after Aquaman, yeah. maybe early 2024, we'll probably get a more definitive I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll get more definitive information. It, it's possible that we're even waiting. He's waiting until Aquaman comes out to announce the second half of chapter one to kind of get the um, hype, get the the narrative off of Aquaman. Maybe. Yeah. It, well, or just like let Aquaman come out, see how it does, and like let that be a movie by itself, and then be like, okay, now that Aquaman's done, here's what we're doing moving forward. Here's the rest of chapter one. Yeah. Here's who's moving on. Here's who's not get ready for this you know um i wouldn't be surprised if they're waiting till like january or february um to do that uh i think the confusing part of this quote is that when he says some plot points might be consistent with plot points from the dozens of film shows animated projects that have come from dc in the past i think a lot of dc fans see that or read that and immediately are thinking of films the Snyderverse, the stuff that hasn't you know worked or whatever and they're thinking like oh well how are we supposed to if it's a you know it should be a reboot if it's real i don't think he means like i i mean i okay clearly i think like if john cena is gonna be doing peacemaker i think peacemaker season one still happened probably probably the suicide squad still happened right. you know like that those are events that happened or at least but most I think, beats from those like yeah. yes but I think most of what he's he's saying, like the dozens of film shows and animated projects that have come from DC in the past, he's talking about all of it. He's not just talking about the, oh, yeah. you know, the post Christopher Nolan yeah. since Man of Steel Snyderverse he movies. Talking he's talking 89. about. Yes, he's talking about everything. So I think when he's saying like plot points will be consistent, I think he means things like Bruce Wayne's parents got murdered in an alley. Right. <laughs> Kal-El fell from Krypton in a rocket and was raised by the Kents, like things like that. You know, like things that are hallmarks of DC Universe, DC canon in general. I think those are what he's talking about. I don't think he's talking about Henry Cavill was Superman, but now he looks different. I don't think that's what he means by that at all. Right. I think I mean, he it, just it, means like just con just yeah. just general DC Universe stuff will be consistent with general DC Universe stuff that we've already seen in the past. So not a completely not a complete reinvention of bruce wayne's origin story or anything no, like or that. like if they bring penguin in and his lair happens to look like the one in batman 89 or something like that exactly yeah yeah. yeah. you know yes. little pieces and you know fits and starts similar to what we're seeing with disney using legends and whatnot as a basis but not 
you know, they're picking and choosing what they want to use and the rest is whatever it is. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be some, um, great reinventions of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm sure, you know, Wonder Woman's going to come from an Island called Themyscira and yeah, all that kind and of I'm, stuff. And you I'm know, sure like all of those reinventions of stuff, there will be plenty of nerds crying foul over. They screwed everything sure. up because there always is. There always is. There's always a reason to be upset. Mm-hmm. Always going to be upset. But then you know what? Then you go back to all the dozens of films and shows and animated projects that have come from DC in the past. And you can watch those if you like those better. It's right. fine. It's all right. That's what I've had to do with a lot of the uh, Snyder movies that I haven't loved. You know, like, OK, this movie exists and I'll watch it a couple of times, but I'd rather just watch Batman the Animated Series or, you know, something else that scratches that itch a little bit better. Mm, so yeah. I'm very interested to see what we hear from James Gunn in the coming weeks, especially after the SAG after strike is settled. How quickly will we get more announcements on who's playing who in Superman Legacy? I'm, I'm putting uh, money on it being about as quick as uh, the news came out about this next bit of uh, information. Immediately? Yeah. <laughs> you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was a real quick drop as soon as uh, i know i why do you think it was so quick do you think it was just like marvel well i mean marvel hasn't even confirmed this this is from deadline right so i um, think deadline was sitting on it and was like well might as well throw it out there now yeah i guess um in case anyone wants to give a quote now they can if there's going to be a writer going into pitch marvel uh studios is going to begin taking pitches from writers on their X-Men film. According to Deadline, Marvel will start setting writer meetings later this fall for pitches on its anticipated X-Men movie. There is apparently no rush to fill this position since there's no date for this film. There's no plan. It's not part of their uh, infrastructure leading up to Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Uh, It's more likely that a, a decision will be made in early 2024. So it's a few months away from hearing anything more about this i would mm-hmm. think but steve what was interesting to me about the way this headline is phrased and the way the story is reported is that deadline is saying that marvel is going to meet with writers to hear pitches on an x-men movie now it has been my assumption for a while that the majority of marvel mcu movies aren't pitches from writers as much as there is like a Kevin Feige led story group saying this is what's happening after this movie. And then this movie goes into this movie. So this has to be the plot of this movie. This has to be the plot of this movie. So I was very surprised by that. And I was kind of feeling energized and encouraged about what could happen with an X-Men movie because of that, because if you're getting pitches from taking pitches from writers you're going down the road of like a James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. You know what I mean? Or like a Black Panther. Um, something that had like a real like voice behind it and idea, passion behind it. So I don't know. I was also surprised to hear that. And but it was very welcome surprise, I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think I think it's something where Marvel knows they need to get X-Men right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're you know they're they're doing whatever they're doing all around wallowing in various uh i don't want to say mediocrity because a lot of what they've put out has i've I've thought has been fine but also like box office wise they're wallowing in mediocrity mediocrity compared to their other products 
Yeah. And X-Men is, I mean, it's a, it's a good chunk of the reason why you get that Fox merger back and all sorts of other things that uh, leads, I guess, leads to dominoes to fall later on in your, uh, do you want to continue this cash cow? Because right. X-Men and Fantastic Four are kind of your next two big, like, we can still do these and still make them good. Uh, and yeah. if they don't, then it's it's not a not a great look. So I'm kind of glad they're taking pitches on them. I'm very glad they're doing it. And the, I mean, the other thing there is that I'm sure that they want to find an idea and a story that feels different from what we've seen before. Yeah. And we've seen. How many X-Men movies are there? Ten? Somewhere around there. Probably. If you count, do you count the Wolverine's ones or Wolverine ones or no? If you count the, yeah, count the Wolverine ones, count the Deadpool ones. There's got to be like 10 or 15 X-Men movies, right? Yeah, I think. uh, There's like six. Going from the top, you've got the original, you've got X2, you've got Last Stand. X. Yep. You've got Wolverine. Even in just in that series, even in just that series, then you have Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. So that's like six just X-Men movies. And first class. Straight up. And first class, yeah, so you're right. Seven, so seven X Men movies, seven X Men titled movies. You have New Mutants, three Wolverine movies, three Wolverine movies. So that's, that's 11, 10, 11. And then two Deadpool, two dead, two Deadpools with so a thirteen, third coming. with a third coming. Um, All right, so, so yeah. thirteen X Men movies. Then, uh, yeah, you're gonna want a creative person to come in with a fresh take, and this might be. This might be, you know, Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige being like, hey, we are we're a bunch of suits. And, you know, sometimes we have good ideas, but if we want this to feel fresh and feel. Have like a new energy to it and a new take, we're gonna have to get outside of our own minds here yeah, and find somebody out that has a good idea. So, um, you know, and I feel like. They might hear a pitch and be like, "Okay, that works. But in in our movie, these three things have to happen. Can you have these three things? You know, you have to you have to integrate Deadpool. You have to kill this person and whatever. You know, like they might have plot points they want in the movie. But as far as like a general take and a feel and a tone, they're going to uh, going out to uh, creative people. And I think that's uh, I think that's the smartest. That's the smartest move. Yeah. And Um, I'm. I'm kind of of the ilk that I would like them to do something wholly original. Same. Like it's very difficult Same. to do with the X-Men because it's kind of like, uh, you know, in, in TV and animation, how you end up with the Simpsons did it. Yeah. It's right. kind of the same thing with X-Men. Like they've been around since time, whatever you're thinking, they've probably done at some point. Yeah. As long as they don't give us uh, the goddamn Phoenix force for like, so long yeah like, <laughs> like i just don't i don't want to see any hint of that thing <laughs> until some kind of giant team-up movie in the you know 10 years from now yeah um I mean, well and that's i guess that was half the half the problem of the whole thing is like the original x-men was a pretty pretty unique script like it wasn't based on right. any arcs that i can think of like off the top right x2 was a good chunk of god loves man kills Yep, which I I believe you uh you, you now understand why I hold that in such high regard. Oh yeah, um, it's great. And then last stand, it was like, okay, well here we go, we're diving into cobbled it. together mess. Right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it was kind of uh, what the hell was the? 
I think the arc was like gifted maybe. And then oh Dark yes, Phoenix yeah, from and... um, the Astonishing X Men. Yeah. There's like a little bit of that, yeah, yep. but mostly and, not. Right, and, and it's like this <laughs> yeah. is just a jumbled mess of shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, View withdrew in the chat said, "I love Kelsey Grammer as Beast, and I don't think anybody will disagree with that." That was that was a just a agreed cool. Well, you know, it, especially Beast of the time, uh, current Beast. Yeah. If anyone's following the X Men books right now. Uh, oh yeah he's like a bad he's a villain isn't he all of the original five are basically uh headed towards well some some of them make sense um okay and some of them are but aren't it's mostly just beast is beast uh Hmm. yeah right now iceman is effectively saving the world all the time um but also possibly dying because why not um he's being held together by an inhuman so okay basically his, this is an astonishing x-men no, astonishing, Ice astonishing Iceman. uh his yeah. so his his boyfriend is one of the inhumans who's effectively holding him together as a being wow and is anchored to a place in antarctica and it's it's actually well done like two just came out and i read it and it was like okay this has still got me that's Ri- the steve orlando book yes, right i was gonna say written by uh camilla's favorite steve orlando Local um, boy, always got to shout out Steve Orlando. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Kelsey Grammer was inspired casting. I think that there was a bit of there was a little blowback when they announced that um, when it happened. But I think anyone that was familiar with the 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 like the cartoon, you know, especially like the way that they had him, the the way he was voiced in that cartoon made made it make m- pave the way for it to be perfectly perfect casting for Kelsey Grammer. I think if the, if the characterization of him in that cartoon had been different or like edgier, right. Um, then it wouldn't have made sense. But like the, like that, that's where that came from, I believe. And I, I agree. Yes, it was perfect casting for that character. Um, uh, and yeah, I'm always open to a new, uh, a new take. So, um, yeah, we'll see what this, uh, we'll see what the X-Men thing is. I would love if they, like, it would be bold, because you know what maybe not i don't know i was gonna say because we've been so long without seeing wolverine in a movie yep it would be bold of them to but i would like it it would be bold of them to to not have wolverine in the first x-men movie and have the first x-men movie be just the original five like start you want to you want to do a straight you want to do an x-men adaptation that feels new you base it on the the books originally and you start with the original five and maybe give them a movie give them two movies before they disband or whatever and then xavier gets the you know the giant size team together and like do it like that or the second movie you know somehow the second movie is that already or whatever you know like build it like that build it up naturally and then the third movie they're all together i don't know who knows but then i realized they might be able to pull that off because we're going to see Wolverine in Deadpool three. So it won't be, we won't be so starved for Wolverine content as we are, you know, currently as a Wolverine fan, I've never Wolverine starved fan. for X-Men content or for Wolverine content. There's just so much out there that they like Wolverine. Oh, or like they, they always have to either have an ongoing or him being a main part of a team or something. It's like, but like, non-comic readers is what yeah, i guess i was talking yeah. about of course of course there's always plenty of wolverine content if you're a comic reader right. but that'd people be, that'd that be like the day they stop uh amazing spider-man 
Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Um, so do you have we'll any, so like if you want to go original five, do you think, uh, do you have any uh, inklings as to any casting that you'd think of? Oh, no, I think you should do all unknowns. That would be exactly where I was going to say is just. And I think they should be kids. I think they should be young. Yeah. Um, they should yeah, definitely yeah, go more like of that. a first first class route, first class route where yeah. they were like late teens. I mean, they were adults, but they were like playing yeah. late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Yep. Um, because that's how it was. That's like the original thing. And then you you get another, you know, similar to Spider Man. Like Spider Man sticks out in the MCU because he's a kid, and right. that's faithful to the original books, which is great. And that's part of the reason I really like Tom Holland because he's a kid and he's. Or talking to like Tony Stark and adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I would like that again because Tom Holland's just going to keep getting older, <laughs> you know? So you get that in a new way. And all of a sudden there's this like group of young kids that have to talk to Thor or whatever with some kind of authority that, you know, they kind of have to prove themselves a little bit more, you know, right. like it's just little children running around, go back to school. But well, oh, oh, you're super powerful, and I review. <laughs> well, yeah, and that was kind of uh, if you end up going back in uh, all new X Men when they brought the O five back, yeah, back into the future because you know mm-hmm. time travel and X Men have to go hand in hand all the time for some reason. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, like when they brought them to the future, it's like you've got these teens dealing with this, like these adult versions of themselves, and you're like. Oh, this yeah. is a nice dichotomy, and like, there's all sorts of ways you can, you can make it work. Um, yeah, yeah, it's almost the opposite. Now that you're saying that about the uh, casting of what they did with the original X Men movie, because you went, yeah. you went big. You went Patrick Stewart. You went Ian McKellen. You went Jackman. You went Barry. Even Famke Jensen. Yeah. Like, yeah, Halle Berry is in that. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah, that yeah, Halle, like Halle Berry is a Rohan Monroe. Like what? Yeah, and she. I mean, she wasn't as big then as she got i think i mean she was on the rise for sure but like that was hugh jackman's first role now he's an a-lister but like he was nobody he was a broadway he was nobody in the in the film business he was a broadway star but um oh yeah because she he was a last minute replacement (laughs) yeah no she went from starfish that that happened but uh monsters Mm -hmm. monsters ball was right after that yeah, that's Jen. She won an Oscar right after. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, she so, won. Jeez. X Men, Monsters Ball, Die Another Day. And then got oof. and then got banged for Catwoman, no matter how bad that was. Oh man. <laughs> have you seen have you seen that movie? No. Catwoman? No. Dude, it's bad. <laughs> like bad. like makes Fantastic Four look good type bad? Uh it's right down there with Fantastic Four. Okay. Then Wait, I will which continue. Fantastic Four? Yes. Which Fantastic uh, Four is your worst, is your least favorite Fantastic Four? Jesus. Mine is the reboot. Probably, the Yeah, the f- one with I Miles Teller. The four in the logo. Yeah. Yep. The fan four stick. Yep. Yeah. Fan four stick. Yeah. Yep. That's I mean, the worst. Rise of the Silver Surfer wasn't one. great either. The the original one was a decent movie for at least three quarters of it to like five eighths of it. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was yeah. like if I, they landed that ship, it would not have been a like if it wasn't that if the last act of that movie wasn't such a cobbled mess, I don't yeah. think it would have gotten panned nearly as much as it did. For me, the first 
was good, but it took so long for like to get through their origin that they weren't like the yeah. Fantastic Four until the very end. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. That's like, and that's part of the problem with a Fantastic Four movie is you had not like, and the way they've done them so far, like you have to do the origins for all four of those characters plus the main bad guy. And then that's a slog to get through like how all four of them are reacting and they're emotional. Like they're trying to service all these characters, which is like great, but it's hard to do to not feel like we are just spinning our wheels, like blue costumes and start punching, you know, mole men in the face, please do it like homecoming where you like do it like Spider-Man homecoming where you just start in and you're in a superhero movie. Yeah. And then flashback yeah. when you need to to fill in the gaps. But like we don't need to yeah, see that's the what, whole rocket. We don't need to see the whole incident and whatnot. Yeah. That's what I want them to do with Fantastic Four is just have them already there somehow. I don't care how. Just whatever. Whatever. Which is funny because um, if they're going to do an origin on the X-Men, I would almost be more curious to have it be an Xavier-centered, like him going and ooh, finding yeah. things. Yes, that would be cool. Yeah. Or at least that's like the cold open or something, you know, where he's like going, yeah. yep, picking him up. Because like the 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 great thing about that first X Men movie is that you have two audience analog characters: Rogue, mm-hmm. who is just discovering her powers and is on the run. She runs into Logan, and both of them are new people showing up the institute. So we have two characters that can ask questions, right? That give us answers that the audience needs to hear, yep. you know? So like, that's, what's really smart about that first movie. And it's kind of, I feel like it would be kind of hard to not do that <laughs> again. Yep. Um, unless they do a thing like you just said, where they show Xavier going and finding them and recruiting them. That would be, I think that's a smart idea. Yeah. I still sure. like that, that Rogan, Rogan Wolverine open was like, that's a, that was a solid way. So to good. Yeah. Well, and then you so go good. from that to the, you know, the the Wolverine game that's going to be coming out and they show that whole like Wolverine in the bar going bar crazy room. and you're like yeah. that's that's the Wolverine at his apex. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait oh, for that game. Speaking of which, uh <laughs> complete aside on games that got canceled that you may not know about. Uh Kotor remake may officially have been dropped. The Knights of the Old No Republic. way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Did yeah, I say why? Apparently this week. No, I didn't I didn't see anything about why. I think it's just been it's been in development hell for a long time. Um Yeah. And I think it might, you know, juice may not be worth the squeeze type thing. Um hmm. but it's not official, but there's um uh you know, smoke where there's smoke there's fire type things yeah. going on around it recently uh with Sony kind hmm. of dropping some traces of it from the website and stuff oh bummer so i was really looking Damn. forward to that i know you were as well but yeah me too because i never played the first one and i don't it's supposed to be great i don't know the story i've heard it's supposed to be a good story and i don't know if there's a way for me to do it in 2023 and canonically one of the only other purple lightsabers oh interesting yep well womp womp i guess i don't get to know what that story is mm-hmm. um but anyway, speaking of Star Wars, great segue from Marvel to Star Wars. Following up, apparently, um, on something we talked about, was it last week? We talked about Taika Waititi's Star Wars film being dead or yeah. two weeks ago? Yeah. I don't know. Um, it was whenever he was uh, on according... the show and spouted, or the, like presenting the award to... Um... Yeah. 
um, to Sean Levy. Levy, yep. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> My brain's um, spinning like Deadpool guy, whatever his name is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool guy and other Star Wars guy, maybe, yeah. but we haven't heard anything yet. Um, apparently, that may not be true. Um, uh, uh, film journalist Jeff Snyder on the Hot Mike podcast said um, that he didn't really go into it. It was just kind of like an aside. Um, he was talking about how he hadn't followed up on a few Star Wars films uh, in a while, but uh, the one that he keeps hearing about is the Taika one and that the, a draft is still expected. It's not dead, was his quote. A draft is expected. It's not dead. Um, so maybe we'll hear more from that now that the writer strike is over. Like he wasn't able to even be working on it for the last few months. So it's certainly a reason why we haven't heard anything about it. Um, now he's able to work on it. So I don't know, maybe he'll get it done and we'll, we'll at least hear that he turned it in yep. and then we'll at least hear whether or not it's moving forward, you know? So will we though? I guess we shall see. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm anxious to hear if anything's moving forward at Lucasfilm. Um, something that uh, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen. Lucasfilm related. We got a, a confirmation from Cameron Monaghan, voice of and motion capture guy, Cal Kestis himself. Uh, we got confirmation that uh, development of a third game in the Jedi Fallen Order series is happening. Monaghan was at a Comic Con over the weekend, I think, or this past week, and said, We're working on the third. We're in the process of doing it right now. That's a big undertaking, and there have been some conversations so far. Hopefully, when all things are said and done, We'll be able to go in and make something really cool for you guys again. And apparently, as early as March, when Jedi Survivor was um, getting ready to be released, I don't know if it came out, but it was early in the year, I believe, or like midway through. I don't remember when it came out. Somewhere around there. Uh, director of both Fallen Order and Survivor, uh, Stig Asmussen, said uh, the following: "I always wanted to. S- I always wanted to see this as a trilogy." How can we take Cal and the crew to new places beyond what we uh, what we were doing in the first game? We had a pretty decent idea of time frame where we wanted Survivor to take place, what the stakes were going to be, and what the tone of the game was going to be, what Cal was going to be up against, and how the crew was going to factor into that. And there's ideas of what we could do beyond that as well. So, um, he's the director clearly knows where he wants to go, knows what wants, know what he wants to have happen in a third game. Um, Cameron Mana has saying that they are working on it. They're having those conversations. Things are being started. And if you play Jedi survivor, you know, it ends not on a cliffhanger, but kind of like not super satisfactory, right? It's in a spot where it's like, okay, this is, this is a good conclusion, but needs more. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really an Empire Strikes Back ending. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's an ending that leaves a lot of things open and a lot of like where he where's Cal gonna go next. Mm-hmm. Um and apparently uh director of the, apparently the crew behind this these game series knows where Cal's gonna go next and um and they're working on it for us. So that's a plus. That's a big plus. Um all leading up to eventually seeing Cal Kestis in live action in some way or another, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, but I also think that after, after Survivor, seeing Cal Kestis in live action, I almost don't want them to bring him into live action because if those games are canon, he is the most 
overpowered character <laughs> in the history of Star Wars. Um, I know people point fingers at, uh, oh, Ray, she can just do everything, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? She's the daughter of, or the granddaughter, so that's probably why she's very powerful. But also, um, you know, this dude is like basically flying <laughs> in Survivor. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, man. He's pretty overpowered. Because mm-hmm. it's a video game. He's got to be overpowered. But that doesn't necessarily translate to a film, you know. Or you'd be like, well, why don't you just do your uh, flying flip things that, you know, you do so easily in the games. <laughs> Might be just a tough transition. That. Tougher than it seems. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Fun times. Uh, Want to talk some comics? Sure, we can do that. Um. I, before we do our comic reviews, I had to mention this um, uh, announcement that I just thought was really cool. Speaking of a, a character that, you know, I love pointing out when I think there's a character or a franchise or something that we've never talked about on this show. This is pretty sure this is definitely one of them. Um, comic publisher Mad Cave Studios has announced a new Dick Tracy series uh, written by Alex Segura, uh, Michael Morrissey, with art by Geraldo Borges. Um, coming out next year i believe i think in march uh segura said the following said this has been a long time coming and we are all so excited to bring our grounded noir take on the dick tracy mythos to life at mad cave michael and i have loved dick tracy his stellar rogues gallery and unforgettable supporting cast since we first became aware of the character as kids it's been a winding a long winding road to get the rights to publish new stories starring the iconic detective that geraldo is cooking up perfectly invokes the grounded cinematic vibe we are bringing to this origin story. So we're getting an origin story of Dick Tracy. Um, and they uh, released like a, I don't know if it's cover art or just uh, some kind of artist uh, depiction of the character, uh, which looks great. And um, made me very interested in this. If they're really doing the kind of like a darker grounded noir take on Dick Tracy, I might be into this. Um, Cause yeah. uh, I don't know. I, that, movie that came out when i was a kid i loved that thing i haven't seen it in a long time yeah. it's one of those movies that i feel like might be really bad <laughs> if i go back to it and watch it as an adult i might be like this is terrible but when i was a kid i loved it and i have fond memories of it mm-hmm. um so i might just want to leave it in my fond memory but uh i'm excited about new comics because i feel like dick tracy is a perfect comic book character perfect for that for like that medium i think so i'm down for it yeah, I mean, I I'm curious, I'm curious what if they stick with the like classic noir, or if they, uh, I mean, we're we're like we're living Dick Tracy tech with like, I have a, I know right I have a communicator yeah. on my wrist. Uh, that's a really that's a funny that's a that's a good point. <laughs> like so, uh, yeah, it'd be, that, I'll be curious as to what take they have on it. Whether it's like classic and still trying to feign like those aren't real things anymore yeah because that yeah because that was always something that was like a futuristic idea that somehow made sense in the pages of a comic book that took place in like the 40s right well same thing with like a lot of like the classic james bond stuff like all his gadgets are like oh well it all just exists now yeah you just use the cell phone for that or (laughs) right yeah so um yeah i mean i'm sure that'll be in there but it just won't be they won't use it as like a, hey, look at this cool thing. It'll just be like a mm-hmm. thing that he does, you know, won't necessarily spotlight it. Um, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm down for this. It got me excited. He's more like a, I like, 
You know, it's because I like that street level kind of yeah, um, detective pulpy, work, pulp yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, you know, uh, I was that was probably the first movie that came out on the heels of uh, the Tim Burton Batman movie being such a huge okay, yeah. uh, hit. I feel like there's like, uh, you know, it's weird that I think I've said this before on the podcast, but it's strange that the success of Batman 89 uh seemingly should have inspired a lot of other like comic book adaptations of superheroes, but it really just inspired a bunch of like pulp noir adventures, like uh, characters like Dick Tracy, the Rocketeer, um, the Phantom. Yes, exactly. Like we got all those, but like, why didn't we get a, another Superman movie or, you know, why didn't we get a flash movie or anything like, you know, just, nope, we're just gonna do all these other, pulpy heroes which is fine because i like a lot of those movies too but yeah not not the phantom though that movie's pretty bad oh and the shadow the shadow is another great oh, yeah. example of that yep. too yeah all right i'm Steve. not gonna lie i Comic still group. get the phantom and the shadow confused often oh yeah one's purple one's black one reads minds and one's in the jungle mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you know I i've heard i've heard uh several times enough that i believe that it is real that um initially the Phantom film starring Billy Zane yep. was written as a comedy. Um, but then it changed hands, like it changed directors or changed, I don't uh-huh. know, studios or something. And they didn't rewrite the script, but they filmed it as a drama, as like a straight action movie. They didn't film it as a comedy, and that's why it doesn't that, work. Because they, they used all the same lines. Things. <laughs> yeah, like it was supposed to be like more like campy in tone and um they didn't realize that when they were making it i guess and it just turned into a bad movie Mm -hmm. so i'm curious how often stuff like that happens it's got more often than we think yeah yeah Yeah. um steve should i go first with my review or would you like to go i don't did you go first last year last year did you go first last year when we're doing doing these last year buddy (laughs) i don't think we were either so um, uh, I can I can go first quick. Um, yeah, you go first, and then I'll close with the uh, the big Transformers number one here. All right. Yeah, this is uh, this is 1980s week on the Multiverse Report uh, because <laughs> I ended up with uh, Masters of the Universe, Forge of Destiny. By, Whoa! Yeah, by Tim Seeley, Eddie Nunez, uh, Brad Simpson, and and World Design. Um. So. This is, for anyone who has seen the Netflix series, uh, this is apparently a year zero kind of take for the Netflix series, like setting up that universe. Um, My fondest memory of He-Man as a child, and by fondest I mean most vibrant, is me breaking my leg, jumping off the couch, uh, (laughs) pretending I was (laughs) He-Man when I was a small human. Um, (laughs) Yeah. My my mother to this awesome. day will bring that up repeatedly. Like, hey, you remember when you pretended you were He Man and broke your leg? <laughs> like, yep, yes, I do. Um, uh, amazing. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's my. Uh, so He Man was definitely a part of uh, of growing up, but um, yeah, yeah. There's you know there's a night uh, a lot of um, some nice characterization of like He Man and like the dichotomy with He Man Prince Adam the whole whole nine there. Um, there's some other external threats that they deal with. Um, and it's, it's a standard, you know, issue one setting up larger conflict with Skeletor who comes in 
at the uh, evil inn comes in and does something for Skeletor at the end, and it's going to yeah. set this whole thing in motion. Um, decent art, uh, you know, uh, very, very on brand for Masters of the Universe. It kind of looks very Masters oh, of the yeah. Universe. Yep. Um, like they <laughs> they captured the feel of that Netflix show and even a little yeah. of the the classic. Um, uh, I always still laugh when they make cognizant and coherent stories out of toys that were literally slapped together from pieces yeah, of other toys to put I out know. as uh like yep. I, the the whole it's impressive thing, yeah i mean that that they've made this yeah. thing for this many years is just it's impressive completely yeah um overall solid issue of like entertainment uh it's a dark horse imprint so um yeah you'll be able to find it and i you know, I'm. I have too much on my pull to pick up number two, but if yeah. <laughs> you're interested in Masters of the Universe and especially that Netflix series, it seems to be like a nice, um, nice jumping on point. Nice, sure. Probably, like I think they're making more of that Netflix show too, I so think, yeah, it's probably like a good tide over until the no- other ones can come out because animation takes a long time. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. It's yeah. It's it's fun. Nice. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, my book this week is Transformers Number One by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Uh, Russ Wooten is uh, the letterer. Again, Funky Town Comics and Vinyl doing a midnight release of this book Tuesday night, October 3rd from 9 to 12. You can go and get your copy of Transformers Number One, a new run, a new story, a new canon. For the Transformers uh, comics. I got to say. I am not Steve. Not since I was you know. Seven years old. Have I been a Transformers guy. It hasn't stuck with me. The way that other things. From my childhood has. Like Batman. Yeah. Star Wars. Things like that. Superheroes in general. Like I don't know. I love Transformers when I was a kid. But they just didn't stick with me. I've never seen a Transformers movie. I think I've read maybe one or two Transformers comics because my son saw them in the comic store and they were like, whoa, trucks that can talk. I want to read that. And I try reading it and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. This is full of lore. This is full of jumble that I don't understand. And to the point where they're so talky that my son is like bored. He's like, I don't get what's going on, dad. I'm like, yo, buddy, neither do I. Let's stop (laughs) reading this book. We can look at the the trucks fighting, but neither of us can tell what's going on and we don't understand it. It's just too talky. This book is awesome. Nice. This is an awesome book. And this is from somebody that has been straight turned off by transformers media, uh, in recent years. Um, this is great. The art by Daniel Warren Johnson is incredible. The script by Daniel Warren Johnson is really good. Um, it gives you enough time with, uh, the human characters in the book. Um, to develop a relationship, start some threads going, um, but also at the same time, wastes no time getting into, um, you know, robot uh, vehicles fighting each other. Um, The uh, colors are excellent. Mike Spicer crushing it on colors. Uh, The drawing is great. The art is great. The script is great. Everything is really good. It feels like alive. like, Like Daniel Warren Johnson has this, a style to him that is like a little gritty. It's a little okay. rough around the edges, but I just, it really speaks to me. I yeah. love it very much. Um, so that really helped me feel 
the energy of these fights and even like when it shows them like transforming you can it's just like it's it's very kinetic feeling um he really crushes it and even for someone like me like they're clearly jumping in it kind of starts in the middle of a story at least when we get to the robots fighting mm-hmm. i'm i'm trying to say without spoiling stuff like it kind of starts in a way where they have been um, kind of paused in their like war between the Autobots and the Decepticons. And they're kind of like waking up and realizing, oh, this is still happening and jumping right back into it. So they're referencing stuff. Now, because this is a new number one, I don't think they're referencing stuff that has happened in the comics in the past. I think they're referencing stuff that we're going to find out about as we continue reading this okay. story, um, which I think is cool. It's like a Star Wars thing. It's yeah. like um you serve my father in the clone wars oh what's the clone wars you know right. like and we find out later um that kind of stuff like alluding to a past that is that, that we don't quite know about yet um and there's uh the other reason i like about it is there's only like there's not a ton of uh characters there's not a ton of uh, uh there's like three decepticons and like three uh autobots and that's it okay um and i assume those numbers will grow but like keeping it small like that uh, kind of raises the stakes quite a bit because you know you don't have just armies versus armies you're like you know they're yeah. trying to figure out you know they have to retreat and figure out how to keep their numbers and where they are because they're so low and they don't know where they are they've never been to earth before they're looking at humans being like what are these things you know that kind of stuff so it's a really good jumping on point if you've never read a transformers book before but maybe you like the movies or you like the show um or you like the old school show and the old uh classic transformers film um this is a great jumping on point i think um it definitely seems like they know where they're going and they have an interesting story to tell um i would be interested to read another issue of this Uh, and again that's coming from somebody who's just been absent from transformers media and lore for a very long time for decades so um i fully endorse the new transformers number one by one of my favorite comic book creators daniel warren johnson and his colorist, uh, Mike Spicer. Um, again, Russ Wooten on letters. This is a book from Image. Um, and hey, one more time. Funky Town Comics and Vinyl. Midnight release of this book. 9 o'clock, October 3rd. Um, go and get Transformers number one. They have a plethora of variant covers. All gorgeous. Um, this is the main. This is the A cover right here. Great um, badass shot of Optimus Prime there. Now, um, Optimus Prime, do you really good. inherently... You you almost have to uh, mentally read him as Peter Cullen's voice for Optimus Prime. Um, yeah, I think I I, th- I probably do still. Uh, again, like it's been again, it's been a really long time yeah. since I've ingested any Transformers thing that I enjoyed. Right. Um, but yes, I do kind of still feel that um feel that similar voice in my brain because well, that's kind of burnt oh, in, yeah. burned into me. When yeah, so when they sure. rebooted when they started the movies. I think I saw the first movie. Like that might be the only of the yeah. modern Transformers. I've seen a part of have, parts of the first movie, but I didn't love it. I might have like watched them in a fever dream when sick one day or something and like needed things to watch. Yeah. Um, but like not consciously sat down and watched them. Uh, but when when Optimus Prime showed up in that and it was the same voice and I was like Right what what just happened Whoa. <laughs> like yeah i just went back in time 20 years okay cool nice yeah um 
Yeah, it's good. And it's really unexpected. Like I said, like the the fact that there's only a few of each of them, each of the sides. Yep. Um, and there's a uh, there's uh, some reasons for that. And I, I won't say uh, I won't I won't spoil anything, but like there's it's surprising even for somebody like me who's not like invested. I was like, what? What? That can't, what? Really? No. <laughs> like, you know. Um, so, yeah, Transformers number one. Pick it up this week. Funky Town Comics and vinyl. They got a bunch of copies of it for you. Waiting for you. Uh, that's right. Um, if you can't make it to the midnight release, uh, you can go the following day, Wednesday, which will be new comic book day. Yeah, they might even have it the day after that, too. My guess is that they will. I believe they have a lot of copies of it. So because um, they're really hyping this uh, midnight release on the third. So yeah, um, unless it's an absolute packed madhouse on the third which i hope it is my guess is that they will still have some copies available the following day there you go um what else will you be able to find in your local comic book store this coming wednesday 007 for king and country number five um it's interesting now that they have to say king and country instead of queen and country oh yeah or like hmm. like i'm sure in the next Jane, whatever the next james bond movie is they're gonna have to say like on his majesty's secret service Right. Instead of Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's weird. <laughs> Never said that before. Because hmm. it's a king now instead of a queen. Weird. Yeah. We should uh we anyway. Should, we should talk to your brother in law and see how he feels about this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Batman one thirty eight, Birds of Prey number two, Blue Beetle number two, uh, Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer number three, Captain Marvel Dark Tempest number four, Darkwing Duck number nine. DC's Ghouls Just Want to Have Fun one-shot. I think that's their annual Halloween um, uh, anthology one-shot. That title is so horrible that I love it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Devil That Wears My Face, number one. That Not title sure what that is, is but so horrible that it seems intriguing. <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. Um, welcome to spooky season, for sure. Uh, Doctor Strange, number eight. Fantastic Four, number 12. Fire and Ice, Welcome to Smallville, number two. Ghost Rider Annual, number one. Godzilla, here there be dragon, number four. Still Immortal X-Men 16. <laughs> Gotta say it like a pirate or it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number 11. My Little Pony, Camp Big Hoof, number three. Uh, Peacemaker, Tries Hard, number six. Poison Ivy, number 15. Shazam, number four. Star Trek Defiant, number eight. Star Trek Holo. Ween, number one. I believe that is uh, a Halloween one shot, like holo, like holodeck, H O L O, holodeck. Holo, I don't know how to. You know, yes, but I'm just so clearly I'm, a pun. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent just picturing Gene and Dean Ween on the holodeck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's Perfect. just a cartoon. About, it's a comic about them. <laughs> about them being beamed up to the Enterprise. Hundred yes, percent. I hope that's what it is. I'm sure that it's not, <laughs> but I hope it is. Uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 39. Star Wars Darth Vader, number 39. Transformers, number one. The aforementioned. Sing it from the hilltops. Check it out. It's great. Vampirella, Dead Flowers, number one. X-Force, number 45. X-Men, number 27. Steve, reading anything this week? Pulling any of these books? Well, What's going on in your comic the, life? Outside of the X stuff, uh, yeah. I, uh, I think I'm only like four or five books behind. So that's uh, nice. somehow keeping up with Fall of X. Um, been surprisingly good, I think. And I was talking to Jesse about it down at the shop this week that, uh, a lot of feedback on that, that fall of X has been pretty solid so far. And like, nobody's yeah. really, 
there's there's a lot of people that are pulling X books there, and it doesn't seem like there's uh, anybody complaining about it. So that's that's oh, a good, good thing. So awesome. Um, yeah, that's nice. My my comic uh, reading is just all X Men all the time right now. Nice. I I made a big move this past week, mm. Steve, and it was hard for me to say these words to Jesse at Funky Town Comics, but I removed both Batman and Nightwing from my pull list. Wow. I know it hurts to say them even now. It hurts to admit that. It hurts to, oh, oh, it's a dagger in my own heart. But um, I uh, loved the Chip Zdarsky Batman run. And uh, the Gotham War stuff is interesting, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's interesting enough yeah. uh, to keep me holding on. And the Nightwing is still great. It still looks great. It still looks beautiful. I still am interested in it. And I just read the most recent one and I was like, how much longer am I going to do this? Right. <laughs> it's just like, like I said that to Jesse and he said, I think he made a good point. I think you and I are similar where he's like, I used to pick up every copy of whatever book I was into. I felt like I needed to have the entire run. Mm-hmm. I needed to know what was happening. And now as I get older, I'm just like a one through six guy. Like, yeah. give me an arc or give me two arcs and then I'm out. And I kind of agree. Like, yeah. it's just, That's... it's like, it it's just goes on forever. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, of course it does. Cause that's the because comics do and they yeah. will and that's what it is and i'm there will be a time in my life when i add both those books back to my pull list but i gotta i gotta step out i'm at a point right now where i'm trying to buy less single issues kind of focus back on like trades and graphic novels so mm-hmm. um you know if the rest of the zadarsky run turns out to be great i'll pick it up as a collected edition or i'll pick up the the trade yep whatever so yeah that's um, uh with fall of x that's kind of you know i I was very much in the vein where you were, where I was down to like, I'm pulling Saturday morning cartoons for my son and Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And right. then I was like, you know what? Got to scratch go. the X-Men itch for a bit. <laughs> and then as soon as this is done, like, I mean, it, you know, the way they always work it, you could hypothetically still pull X-Books at that point. Cause there'll be like one or two of them before it balloons yeah. into 7,000 again. Uh, right. But Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's all cyclical, man. And yep. It's yep. just the nature of the beast. I know. I know. But I will say that I'm very excited to get the final issue, sixth issue of Peacemaker Tries Hard, mm-hmm. which for, has been an absolute delight for me from beginning to end. Every issue is, I laugh out loud at every issue. It's just the best. It's the best. If you like nice. that character, if you like that show, wait till this is in a collected edition and get it and read it. It's so funny. Yep. It's so great. It just like, I don't know if James Gunn is reading this book, but he should be because whoever is like, I can't remember the the creative team right now off the top of my head, but they are nailing the tone of his show and his character so hard um, that I hope he reads it and I hope he enjoys it. And anyone else who likes that character, that show, consider picking it up when it comes out in a trade it's so good and so funny and crazy violent at the same time it's awesome that is um, kyle stark steve Pugh, and jordy belair yes on that book yes yep um, um also in the chat brian 100 percent agrees with you that gotham war is uh far from the top of the anything going on i like the conceit of it 
I like the idea of it quite a bit. Um, I thought it was a really cool uh, idea. And I don't know. I feel like I like the Catwoman side of it more than I like the Batman side of it. The Catwoman side is pretty interesting. And the Batman side is like, I don't care about his. They keep going back to this Batman of Zer and R thing that it's like a mental block that Bruce Wayne created for himself in his brain. It's a whole, it's very complicated, but it's like it's just a weird thing. Like I know it exists in canon, but I'm not the, interested enough in it. Thing on me, man. What? I'm an X Men fan. You can't pull the. Yeah. It's very complicated on me. <laughs> uh, okay. I was really no. saying I was not I was I, not pulling on you as much as I was pulling on our listeners, <laughs> our watches. But it's basically like Bruce Wayne created uh, an alternate, like a split personality for himself, like knowing that if he ever like becomes mind controlled or loses his way or whatever, he can like say like a code word and flip into this other more brutal, more honest, more like less willing to obey the laws of Gotham city or whatever. Like, like you got to get something done. You're flipping into this this thing and it's like a last resort. But this idea came up in like the fifties or sixties. And so the costume is insane. It's like bright purple and bright yellow and bright red and stuff. It's like really strange. Yeah. 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 And Zdarsky brought it back, but also it was also in, it was either Tinian or King also did a run with that Batman or referenced it or something like that. So I was just like, we're doing this again. Come on. (laughs) Like, and then I thought it was dead and then it came back again in the Gotham war stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm just, I think that was the final straw for me. I was like, I don't care about this arc, so I'm out. Right. What I did put on my pull list, and I will highly endorse, because I finally read issue one of it this past week, and issue two's coming out this week, is the new Birds of Prey. Hmm. Kelly Thompson is the writer. It is awesome. Just the first book, so good. It looks great. Nice. Super kinetic, great. The The team is really cool. The writing is really good. At the, It spends the whole time the first issue is Black Canary putting the team together, recruiting everybody uh, for a mission. You don't know what the mission is. They keep talking about how it's really dangerous. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. And then in the, like, the last panel of the first book, they tell you what it is. Yep. And basically, uh, Black Canary, years ago during the Gail Simone run, adopted as like a sister. Kind of, first it was a daughter. Now they just have a sister. Um, like a... Uh, a ninja, I think, was possibly trained by the League of Assassins. I'm not sure where she came from. Her name is Sin. Um, uh, and we know, like, they mentioned throughout the book that, like, we have to, like, Sin is in trouble. We have to go rescue her. Sin is in trouble. We have to go rescue her. Sin is in trouble. We don't know why. Don't know why. Don't know why. The very last panel of issue one, Black Canary finally tells the team that Sin is being held prisoner on Themyscira, and they have to go and defeat all of the Amazons and rescue her from... Okay. Okay. <laughs> the Amazons. And I was just yeah. like, whoa, how is that going to happen? I don't know, but dying to see uh, the rest of it. And that <laughs> coupled with the super, the really, uh, I wish I would, I'd show you an amazing double page flash of a fight scene with um, Batgirl and uh, Black Canary. If I had it in front of me, nice. it's just so good. The art is like just alive and kinetic and great. And I, I thought it was excellent. And it's a, it's a title that I have loved in the past. So I'm glad that it's like, back right and there, you know yeah. firing on all cylinders yeah so highly recommend uh the new birds of prayer nice well uh and other we, than that we do have one one shot out. we have a one shot yeah. oh all right uh, throwing it in here throwing it in because it's not on our rundown 
Uh, I don't know if you saw what did I miss uh, earlier this week, but um, the Marvels movie coming out in a bit um, has officially set records in the MCU for the shortest shortest runtime at a hundred. We did talk. We that's right. We did talk about this when it was rumored, but then this is the confirmation that it's like an hour and forty five minutes long. Yep, or something, right? So that's either really good or really bad. I, you know what? I'm going to reiterate. I think it's good. I'm uh, very yeah. excited to see an hour and 45 Marvel movie that, 100%. you know, I am getting real weary of the two forty five <laughs> two hour and oh, 45 yeah. minute movie that does not need to be that long. I'm, I'm happy to see all. an hour 45 any movie. It's not even just Anything. a Marvel problem. It's an everything yep. problem. It's like things yep. don't have to be two and a half hours long every time. They don't. They don't. You can't get it done in an hour and 45 minutes. I don't want to see it. That's not always true, but it's true right now <laughs> in this very moment. Yep. Of course, there's great movies that are three, you know, The Batman. I love that movie. It's three hours long. Right. Great. Schopenheimer, sure. three hours long. Uh, wonderful film. But you know what? They don't always have to be that way. Right. They don't. They seldom do. They seldom do. A happy, campy, fun romp with three different energy-powered characters doesn't need to be three hours long. Hour yeah. 45 like, I'm saying, like... I guess I'm very excited coming off a what I feel like was a slog of, with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, a slog of Marvel movies that have been, in my opinion, way too long mm-hmm. and not really uh, warranting that much of a... Like, Ant-Man 3, Ant-Man the Quantumania, that could have been an hour and 45 minutes, I think. If yeah. you, like, just tear a bunch of stuff out there that you don't need so much that you didn't need in that movie... And it would have been way better. It would have been way better. It's, it's the same so, thing we've been talking about with all these movies, though, is they either need to, you know, uh, one and a half times their runtime and split it into two movies or cut it in half and just. Jump. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, don't like. Like, did uh, going back to the quantum mania example, yeah. like, did Bill Murray need to be in that movie? He was in like one scene of that movie. Right. He's not a. He's not like a big character. He's not continuing. Like, did you write that just so you could get Bill Murray in your movie? Right. Nobody's going to see that just because Bill Murray shows up in it for two seconds. I know. You didn't need that at all. It was a waste of time. It was like, it would have been a way simpler way to get those characters down there, get them fighting Kang and get them out. Whatever. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't need, I don't need all this padding to make it a a big, not every movie is a big event movie. Some movies are just fun action movies. And And an hour and 45 minute movie. Yep. An hour and 45 minute movie is going to be way more likely for me to watch it a second time. Yeah. Because like I look at, you know, I had fun even even Gardens of Galaxy Volume 3, which I thought was incredible. It's a long movie. That's a 245 movie. Yeah. But again, I could argue that, that that's like the end of a trilogy. It's like the culmination of something. So I'll give it. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. And it, and, and it was great. It was great. It war- I felt that that warranted that time that time frame yeah but i haven't watched it again because it's super long and i'm like okay well i could watch that or i could watch one super short movie and go to bed before midnight so <laughs> yeah you know that sounds right um bed before midnight just like we're trying to do tonight by wrapping this up around 11 o'clock um i got nothing else steve you got anything else or is there anything else no. in the chat anything else no, we should address uh no i think i think we're about there all right, cool. Well, thanks for uh, anyone in the chat. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you watching us live and uh, chiming in with your stuff. Absolutely. Nice to hear from you. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah. Uh, I'll say one more time. Midnight release of Transformers number one. 
um, October 3rd, 9 p.m. at Monkey Town Comics and Vinyl. Uh, Steve and I will be there, or at least I will be. Sorry, I can't speak for Steve. I'm planning on going after Steve and I wrap up our Ahsoka live reaction. So uh, you can check us out here on this YouTube page for that, or you can just listen the next day. But we'll mm-hmm. be talking uh, Ahsoka season finale with our friends Adam Karki and Matt Peseta. And then uh, I'll be headed over to Funky Town Comic and Vinyl for the midnight release of Transformers number one. And until then, that's all I got. You got anything else, Steve? No, that's uh, that about wraps it up. I'd say feel free to check all us right. out on all our socials, the Multiverse Report. Feel free to uh, our Instagram, as we mentioned, has been uh, active lately. Um, we're on Blue Sky as Multiverse Report. I don't even know if either of us have posted anything, but we're there. There's not much there um, yet. Yeah, yeah, but it's going to, we'll get it going. <laughs> uh, anything to abandon the. Uh, sinking titanic that is yeah um yeah yeah uh leave us a review on apple podcasts or youtube or wherever you're watching or listening to this really helps the uh the algorithm be tricked into feeding us more people watching us and you Mm -hmm. know it's a perpetual cycle so yeah uh yeah other than that i think uh i think that covers it all right so we will see you on uh tuesday evening for a live uh, reaction to the Soka series finale. And until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.